The Windy you know, City. It is called, <laughs> it is called the Windy City. Um, and the other day flying in, it held true to its name because we experienced some turbulence. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, flags flying out toward left field, out toward the Wrigley rooftops, and uh, uh, wind is blowing out a little bit today. Cubs are not playing. They're back in action tomorrow night. They've got a series starting with the Marlins. They've lost three games in a row. They're tied for first place in NL Central and uh, had the pleasure a little while ago to meet the Cubs uh, radio analyst, Ron Coomer, and uh, EP, you've been around a little bit. You've seen some baseball in your time, and he played, uh, spent some time with the Twins when Kirby Puckett, Herbeck, uh, all those guys were together and uh, with the uh, Twins. And then he came through Chicago, but he's from Chicago, and that's how he ended up being the uh, radio. He's a color analyst for the Chicago Cubs. And uh, Ron Coomer, man, I remember the name, remember him well. It was great to see him and get to visit with him. And uh, EP, if for people kind of of my vintage, which is kind of mid-40s, mid to late 40s, um, we all grew up going home from school and going and watching the Cubs on WGN. And uh, I can look down there right now. It's the greatest thing about they renovate this place, and, they, and they've got it looking gorgeous, but it's still wriggling. It's still that they've they got the, uh, the vines are out there, the ivy in the outfield. And that's the greatest thing about this ballpark is because you can think back whatever Cubs players you loved, even going back to uh, for the old timers, they remember Ernie Banks. Mr. Cub was uh, from Dallas, Texas, by the way, but the statue of Mr. Cub was outside of the ballpark. We passed that. My family right now is on one of those tours of Wrigley, and uh, I'm sitting up here right now looking out. We opened up the uh, press box booth. And so I'm looking, and in the old style, they didn't do that. It was hard to open up the booth. I don't even know if that was possible. Now they have the kind of retractable windows, and they can pull those things open. And uh, I'm looking out. The, uh, they do have <clears throat> some video boards now, and I know that was a huge thing for Wrigley to get those. But, you know, for younger people that have, have thought that Wrigley just sort of always had night games, uh, EP, you're not... Uh, you're you're more of my vintage or a little bit older. You remember all those. The reason we watched the Cubs during the day uh, on WGN, and we loved all those players. Rhino, uh, you know, Sandberg was uh, at second. Sean Dustin would play short, um, and they uh, Leon uh, Bull Durham was over there at uh, the Bull. They had him over there at first base. And, man, those were, I think Mark Grace was patrolling the outfield, as I recall it. Those were unbelievably fun teams uh, to watch. But the reason we would come home and watch Dayball is because they did not have lights at Wrigley. So much like the Baylor ballpark years ago, they finally got lights when I was in school, by the way. I started out at Baylor in about 92 and was there through 95. And that's during the period of time they finally got lights. And I remember having one of those T-shirts, let there be light. Okay. And that was a big thing at the Baylor Baseball Park. Wrigley, EP, we can look this up. I would say it didn't happen probably until somewhere around there, the mid, early 90s, mid-90s, maybe late 80s, whatever. They added lights. And so suddenly Wrigley could have night games. And that was a huge deal because... That, of course, was the last remaining holdout, only day games. And so 
still coming to a day game at Wrigley is the way to do it. And it's the greatest way to go. And uh, I'm looking out at a gorgeous sky. I can see Lake Michigan in the background. EP, this is, for baseball lovers, this is pretty much heaven. And I would say, uh, Texas, if you've ever been here, you may have a favorite restaurant or bar in Wrigleyville, uh, 254-662-1660. But uh, EP, you've, uh, you've certainly heard about Wrigley over the years. Oh, I have a great. Um, you, I have a great story about Wrigley Field. Please, please go ahead, sir. Well, you remember the '84 uh, Chicago Cubs, and uh, they almost went to the World Series. And uh, a few years before that, a friend of mine had brought me a watercolor painting of the uh, bleachers' entrance to Wrigley Field back from Chicago, and so it was hanging on my den wall. It's just, uh, and you know, it's the part of the house and so my uh, wife decided that she was going to rearrange some things now before she did that the cubs are up three games to one in the nlds against the san diego padres and she takes that watercolor painting of the bleacher entrance to wrigley field off of the wall and sets it on the floor and i don't notice it until Four days later, in the meantime, the uh, Chicago Cubs have lost that three games to one lead in the NLDS, and uh, they ended up losing in seven games, four games to three, to the Padres, who went on to the World Series. That's my Wrigley Field story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is rough right there. Yeah, I remember it. San, that San Diego team may have had, like, Bavacqua on it and some guys like that. Garver, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 Garver was on that team. I, you, you, When you look, EP, and, you, and that watercolor, where is that now, by the way? It ended up on the ground. It's, it got sold that, in a garage sale a few years somewhere? ago. somewhere? <laughs> oh, it, it got, no. it, yeah, it, I kind of outgrew it. <laughs> Started having kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had to decorate a little differently. Yeah. They still have the old scoreboard out in center field. It looks just gorgeous. And, uh, you know, in Fenway, they do those things by hand. And I'm trying to think if they can do this mechanically or not. I was here just a few years ago, and uh, the Cubs beat the Rangers in that game. I was here at Darvish. But uh, I would say a summer trip, if you want to see a few ballparks, I would say, I would say you gotta, you got to go to Fenway, and you got to go to Wrigley. And then as horrible as the Pirates are right now, now that, that PNC Park right there on the river, is a gorgeous, gorgeous park. I, I would think some of the others, and people can weigh in on this on the text line, CNC Collision text line. Uh, EP, you can see that text line, can't you? See the, uh, the old CNC Collision text line, 254-662-1660. And that thing, uh, I would say the San Francisco Park, I, where the Giants play, right there in McCovey Cove, and people go out there in their, in their uh, boats and they retrieve uh, baseballs and all of that that's one of the greatest as well um, this place is heaven it reminds me almost EP I'm sure you saw Field of Dreams and you would see the players walk out into the field and they would disappear that's kind of what when you see the ivy in person um, there are some things in life that don't live up 
to what you dream of. To me, Fenway and, and Wrigley did live up to it because it's just the only thing about Fenway, it was so the concourses and everything were so tiny. I mean, there's no space to even get around. I mean, they haven't done as many renovations as they actually have to Wrigley. And at 340 today, we'll talk to Colin Faulkner, who went to Baylor and um, is the uh, executive vice president of sales and marketing and, and a lot of other titles with the Cubs. And you can imagine, EP, if you change one single thing around here, people go crazy. And uh, it used to be all these buildings, you know, they would sell some of these little, I say high-rises, they're, they're just kind of big buildings around here. They would, like, somehow sell almost tickets where you could go up and be on the roof and see into the stadium. What's interesting is, EP, now the, um, the Cubs have purchased in the past year or so, or past few years, 11 of, of those 14 um, buildings, okay? They own those buildings now. So the Cubs kind of have control over who can go up and be on top of those buildings. Because as, as you might think, EP, there was a lot of stuff swirling around there when people, uh, when the Cubs didn't have control over any of those things. And, uh, and of course, they were selling. Uh, there, there was some, let's just say there might have been a little bit of corruption involved as what happens in big cities. And, uh, boy, Chicago is such a great town, such a great city. And uh, let us know, by the way, if you've got some Chicago uh, insider knowledge. I've tried some of the hot dogs around town. I've tried some of the... Uh, deep dish pizza. The other day I started out at a place called Lou Malnati's. Lou Malnati's. Uh, Giordano's is a big place for that. So uh, baseball-wise, EP, uh, in the NL Central right now, Cubs are 38-30. and Brewers are 38-30. and Both teams have lost three games in a row. I did notice, this is always interesting to me, I was looking at some of like the run differential. That'll tell you how good a team kind of truly is. Cubs are 36 um, Brewers are zero, yet they have the exact same record. Club, Cubs are a plus 36 run differential. And I was looking down at some of the other teams, and my woeful Pirates are sitting there with a minus, uh, with a minus 100. That is pathetic. That is pitiful. A minus 100. I'll take a peek at the Rangers here in a minute. Obviously, the Rangers way, way out of there um, as we sit here today. And uh, greetings coming to you uh, from Wrigley. All right, EP, um, you know, news going on back around, uh, back in Texas. We'll get to at 320 today. I do want to visit a little bit about what's happened with the Mavericks, how bad this thing could get, where I think Luka Doncic stands. Um, people that have listened to me and listened to my show know how much I love the NBA. And we got a lot of NBA people who listen to the show and love this. I also want to talk about, and you saw a lot of this game, you saw a lot of the highlights, EP, one of the biggest chokes we have seen in recent history, um, what, the, what the Philadelphia 76ers put together yesterday, when you got a 26-point lead and you've got Embiid uh, and you've got Ben Simmons and you've got Tobias Harris and those guys, you need to get that thing home. You need to take that game. And what I saw, uh, EP, I did, I was just looked at the score and I thought, you know what, I'll get home and watch this Jazz game because I love the Jazz. I don't need to watch any more of this game. It was 58-32, to 32, I think, or 58-33 in the first half when I checked on it, or 55-32. 
They get a 26-point lead with about six or seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and then they just cough it up. Gay, you know, minute by minute, they don't. It, 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 it's like it happens in drips and draps, and then it happens all at once. And with five minutes left, it was an eight-point game, and they just choked like dogs. And in, poor Embiid went to the line late. He's actually a good free-throw shooter. He missed a couple. They used Hackashack on Ben Simmons and put him at the line. And, you know, you can't – if you're a big man in this league – I think we still can, you can get away with missing free throws. That's just what happens. There's always some big men who can't shoot free throws. If you play the point guard position, AP, and, you, and you're going up there and you're shooting at a 50% uh, clip, you got, either, you got either mental things going on or, 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 or you just don't care. You don't care to, to spend the time in the gym shooting free throws. There's never, there's never a, a time where a ball handler like that where a big-time 6'10", great defender, point guard type like Ben Simmons can shoot free throws like that. It, teams and fortunes can hinge on free throw shooting. It shouldn't, but it is happening. EP, does that disgust you as a longtime observer of the game? When a point guard can't shoot a free throw, as a sports fan, is that one of the more disgusting things in all of sports? Well, it is uh, pretty disgusting, especially with a team that is as talented as uh, the 76ers are. And, you know, they got Doc Rivers on, you know, he's their head coach, and uh, he's been through many of these uh, playoff series. And, but, and the look on his face late in the game was that we can't stop this train. It, because the Atlanta just kept coming and coming and coming. And before you know it, uh, you know, Joel had missed those uh, free throws. And the game turned from that point on. And Atlanta had it in the bag. Yeah, EP, that Trey Young, man, he's coming. He's coming. That's fun. That group that came in together with Luka and Trey Young, I mean, they will be compared together the rest of their careers. I obviously think Luca is a better player, but that guy is a performer. And when they had to get it done, those guys got it done. What you hear in the background, there's some Army helicopters. Um, those are uh, EP. You may know a little bit more on my military uh, airfare. I'm looking at what do you call those things? Chinook, 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 or whatever those helicopters Chinook. that are kind of long. Chinook. Chinook. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Chinook. Yeah, a few of those just flew right over Wrigley. Oh, man, everybody out there in Colleen's mad at me right now for mispronouncing <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> Fort Hood, like, oh, Mosley lost all the street cred. Chinook, that's right. Um, they just flew right over me. I'm watching them get the field together for tomorrow. And the uh, Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox is coming to you live today for the visitor's booth, the visiting radio booth at Wrigley Field. This is so gorgeous, and this is so great. We'll continue to talk. We've got to, I want to get you the latest, though. On, on Luka Doncic, and are the Mavericks risking losing maybe the second greatest player ever in the organization? We discuss next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. The heat and humidity continue with mostly sunny skies today and temperatures climbing to 96. 
Heat index values will be in the triple digits by this afternoon. Tonight, clear skies with a low of 73. We'll warm right back up again tomorrow with a high of 94 and mostly sunny skies. Rain chances increase Saturday afternoon. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 5.30, 6 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Morris Show. Frank was just such a gentleman, such a great representative of Baylor University. And it wasn't just yeah, Baylor. I mean, he up. was doing the Baylor games, but he was so well-respected that he was doing Southwest Conference basketball TV games every week. And the other coaches in the Southwest Conference were okay with that just because Frank was so so fair and did such a great job for their schools and for the league. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility well, that I'm develops and builds ESPN the world's best aerial lifts, digger yet. derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based upon what it takes to help your company win. That's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision today with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com or call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600. What you do in privacy is your own business. What you do in public with your truck, well, that's our business at Pickup Confidence. In your garage, it's okay for your truck to parade around in the nude with no accessories. Hey, this is still America. But when you bring your truck out in public, it's just common decency to put an outfit on your truck. And that's where we come in at Pickup Outfitters. Put a cover on that bed. Cover your rear end with a bumper and a hitch, for goodness sakes. There are women and children on the roads. And guys, don't leave your tools exposed. Put them in a toolbox. Be proud of your truck and stand tall with a lift kit. Or improve your truck's posture with a leveling kit. Add some class to your pickup with new wheels and tires. Or dress up for a date with your new RV or boat with a fifth wheel or a receiver hitch. At Pickup Outfitters, we're dedicating to making the roads decent for all Central Texans. So when taking your truck out in public, remember your manners and accessorize it properly with an outfit from Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco. EP, are we are we doing our thing now? Are we? We uh, are doing our thing. Good EP, I love. I like your just kind of. I like how we're doing that. We just come rolling back. I, that's fine with me. Well, actually, uh, I, am com- I hit the, I hit the breaking <laughs> news. You want to hear it again? It goes for one second. Ah, there you go. Oh <laughs> wow, that was so abrupt how we yeah. came back. But I kind of love that. Okay, EP has hit the breaking news, and we do have some huge breaking news. By the way, brought to you by. Central National Bank, our presenting sponsor when news breaks. Central National Bank, we need to get right to this. Rick Carlisle has informed the Mavericks that he is not coming back as head coach. I was sitting here looking at him live at Wrigley Field in the visiting booth, and I was sitting here just admiring the field, and I happened to look down at my phone, and this happened just a couple minutes ago. Um, And uh, just enormous news. 
Uh, Rick Carlisle, who has two seasons left, had been there with 11 seasons. Of course, he won the uh, uh, NBA title. Actually, was it 13 seasons? Been, been there a long time with the Mavericks, and uh, he has informed them that he will not be back. And um, this, is, uh, this is really uh, shocking news uh, that's coming because we, we thought that uh, – we thought that, uh, you know, Carlisle, had, he had said, you know, he'd be back, and that was his plan. And then, of course, Donnie Nelson, the, the word comes that uh, uh, yesterday that that was a mutual parting of ways, and now the head coach is out. This all comes on the hills. Apparently, they said the Donnie Nelson thing was decided on Sunday. Okay, on uh, there was a big athletic story that came out Tuesday uh, that, that basically said that they had a shadow GM. And, um, and they, that, they, that there was this guy, Bob Bulgaris, who was running things, former pro gambler. And uh, I, w- I would say that is uh, uh, it, it, that, that really started the dominoes. And apparently he had gotten under Luca's skin. That was a bad relationship. He was suggesting rotations and telling uh, Rick Carlisle who he should put in the lineup. He had, a, he had an outsized role in... in uh, I mean, it, unbelievable stuff, an outsized role in, in drafting players. I mean, this is, this, is a, this is bombshell stuff. Now getting from Tim McMahon, ESPN, longtime colleague, that uh, Jamal Mosley, that's right, spells it just like I do, uh, that's who Luca would really prefer to be the head coach or like to be the head coach. Now, do superstars sometimes get coaches fired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it happened. Magic Johnson did it years ago. Uh, Dirk was ready for Avery Johnson to go. I mean, he was absolutely ready for Avery Johnson to go. And um, it, it happens. Um, Luca's a little young to be getting it done, but uh, he showed up, Rick Carlisle, on the sideline. I don't know if it was the greatest relationship ever. thought they got along. I knew, I, I think Rick tried to do, build the team around Luca. For the most part, they got on okay. But uh, again, this is uh, this is shocking news that Rick Carlisle, who won a title with the um, with the Dallas Mavs, I mean this this is really something to behold. This happening and uh, EP, um, the Dallas Mavericks will be in a search for not only a general manager, who some people are saying former Mav Michael Finley, uh, who went off to San Antonio after he had a nice career with the Mavericks and has been in the front office with the Mavericks and has been kind of the right-hand man for, for Cuban. Michael Finley is certainly in the mix, and he seems to be the leader in the clubhouse for the GM. But now they will have to start looking for a head coach. I mean, this, right, this is uh, remarkable. And uh, EP, as you might expect, I'm getting phone calls from Dallas, people calling me right now. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot to dig into now is the Dallas Mavericks will have a new head coach and Rick Carlisle after a long tenure, and it, it had been, you know, since the finals. That was the last time they won a. Um, that was the last time they had won a playoff series. And uh, as I talk to you right now, EP, it's funny. I can uh, the the tour guide is down there behind the uh, third base dugout. They're sitting in the stands, and he's telling them some things about the Chicago Cubs. And my wife, my 13 year old daughter, and my in laws are on that tour. So I'm up here, way above them, in the visitors. Uh, uh, radio booth. So 
EP, maybe at the break I'll holler down at them, although that'll embarrass my 13-year-old to tears if I do that. For whatever reason, they're clapping now. That seems to mean the tour might be over. So I, uh, I think as I sit here, EP, this this Ranger, this Cowboy, this Mavs news is wild though. Did this catch you by surprise? Yeah, yeah, it does catch. Well, yesterday's developments caught me by surprise as well. So that's two days in a row that uh, Mark Cuban has uh, dropped a couple of atomic bombs. I would say so. I would say so. I'm blowing my family kisses from the visitors. Uh, the visitors' booth at uh, at uh, Wrigley Field. So, uh, EP, I would just say um, that this this and in, in, well, when breaking news happens, we love this in talk radio. Um, I I've known Rick a long time. I had a it was funny. Rick for years did his uh, Mavericks radio show on the show EP that I did with Randy Galloway. You remember that name? Randy was an iconic guy in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Absolutely. So Randy and I had a radio show. And so Rick, picked, yeah, well, he would come after me. And then Tim Callishaw came on with me for about three years. And Rick, I mean, he came at me at times. And he didn't like the way I question, you know, I ask questions sometimes. But through that, through our kind of combative, and of course I, you know me, I didn't back down. I'd kind of go back at him. We, we ended up with a pretty good friendship over the years. In fact, when I had a little trouble, I know this will shock you, EP, with management uh, at ESPN 103.3, I was there a decade. I was there a decade, and Rick Carlisle called the, um, Dan Bennett, the head of that radio station in Dallas, and said, you better figure this out with Mosley. I'm not doing the show with anybody else. So Rick had my back back in the day, and I remember it well. And um, and I'm uh, I'm I'm sad for the for the fact that he you know he was really good for the Mavs. Now if he wants to coach, if Rick Carlisle wants to coach any of these jobs that are out there right now, and there are some that need to be filled, Stan Van Gundy, um, he, you know, obviously uh, he's a name that comes up. He's out. There are some uh, openings out there as we speak. And um, I know one of those openings, that was the one that, uh, that D'Antoni uh, was, uh, was trying to get. And he's always up for these jobs. Rick Carlisle could, could, could get just about any job he wants. So they may get him in it. But this is, this is fascinating because Cuban said grass is always greener. Rick's not going anywhere. And everything is suddenly changing with this organization. And, uh, and you have uh, Rick Carlisle leaving the Mavericks and uh, EP I would just tell you that for an organization like this that while they've had some weird stuff happen with their office you remember that the sexual harassment and and that was an embarrassment to the organization now it's over on the um, the coaching the, the scouting the coaching the front office side of this thing because Cuban who loves to sort of be in control of everything, suddenly this thing looks out of control. You have the parting of ways with the general manager, uh, Donnie Nelson, and then you have the head coach saying he's leaving. This is a mess. This suddenly is a Dallas Mavericks organization that has stayed relatively... Rick Carlisle has had people like Dwayne Casey and Terry Stotts and great assistants leave, but um, EP, this is... uh, this is a this is a rough rough situation for the Mavs organization, and uh, I you know again 
Will they hire somebody young like Jamal Mosley, who they know? I know they like Jamal a lot. They could uh, uh, Cuban could go out there and get someone who has head coaching experience, who's been around. Jeff Van Gundy's name always comes up for any opening. Here's what I would say. Even with the way this is going down, there will be head coaches lining up to, have, to coach Luka Doncic. Uh, it, it, they're going to come from everywhere, and I'm, I'm talking about even coaches who are established right now. Let's remember, Terry Stotts, who coached for the Mavericks, is out as head coach uh, with Portland. Had a good run there. In fact, you could argue over the past 10 years, his record and his playoff record is better than Rick Carlisle's. Uh, that is someone that you could think about. It, it, it is, um, boy, I, I'm thinking now, my mind's racing EP for some of these coaches across the NBA uh, that might be up for something like this. Nate McMillan's done a great job with the Hawks. And, and, but what I'm telling you is when you have an opportunity to go coach a once-in-a-lifetime type player, uh, Luka Doncic is the one. And I can't, say, I can't stress this enough. Luka Doncic, if, the way I feel about it is this. If Luka Doncic and Rick Carlisle had a great relationship, Rick Carlisle would not be doing this. Um, I think their relationship was okay. I think it was strained at times. I think Luka Doncic is a 22-year-old, uh, soon to be, might be 23 now, but I think he is someone who wears his emotions on his sleeve, his emotions on his sleeve, and he's always... Um, and there have been some times on the sideline that he doesn't seem to trust the head coach and he's willing to show up the head coach. Who would he want? And that's where I start thinking of names like um, Ettore Messina, who's a long, who used to be uh, the coach with the San Antonio Spurs. His name has come up a lot because he was with Popovich and he was a trusted coach there. Um, Quinn Snyder's not going to leave Utah. Utah loves him too much. I do think he's one of the best. He might have become a top five coach in the NBA right now. This will not, you know, this won't be for any kind of lack of money. What will be interesting is, does Luka get, get his man or does Cuban go out and find somebody? And what again, what I'll stress is Jamal Mosley, and I like Jamal a lot. We've joked that we're cousins. We're not. Uh, but Jamal Mosley is, is probably the assistant coach for the Mavs that, uh, that, that he trusts the most right now. Steven Silas left the Mavs to go be the coach of the Rockets. Obviously, without, uh, without uh, uh, the beard, um, with, he just left there, and so that's not the same team, and that thing has been a disaster. Silas probably would love to come back to the Dallas Mavericks. I promise you people will be lining up, but just to reset this, the, uh, the Dallas Mavs, no longer have Rick Carlisle as their head coach. This is huge breaking news. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski, we call him Woj, had this, and then there's all sorts of news that's sort of coming in as we speak, uh, as we do the show uh, live here from Wrigley Field today. And as we speak, um, I will tell you, EP, that the, uh, the crew is doing a gorgeous job. You've got the sprinkler system on, you've got the... Uh, the uh, infield's looking gorgeous. They put that, and, and this to me, to my eye, now the green monster at Fenway, from an iconic standpoint, that's amazing, but to look out into Wrigley and to see the ivy 
And then to see the skyscrapers behind it and then uh, Lake Michigan, about as good as it gets. About as good as it gets. So, EP, if you want to come out here, bring your family or bring a group. Um, it looks like you just get on the uh, website WrigleyRooftops.com. And then once you pay an enormous amount of money, you can just be on the top of one of these old buildings. Now, these buildings look like either, they, you know, people, I don't think people live in them. I think they've been converted into office space. And uh, some of them actually, some of these places look like old homes over here on the north side. It is a really, really cool scene, and it is great to be back at Wrigley Field. EP, am I making you want to take a trip to Chicago? Oh, absolutely. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Another summer, though, because I'm booked up for the rest of the summer. Okay, what's your biggest trip, by the way? What do you What do you have? What's What's the uh, What's What's the uh, EP? Well, ten, biggest yeah, trip this well, summer? ten years ago, my wife and I were in England, and visiting our daughter who was uh, serving as a missionary uh, for a church in England, and then uh, and she also was a tour guide um, for a tour guide company that she had been working for to make a little extra money. And then we went to, after we enjoyed um, ourselves with our friends over in England, we decided to get on a plane and fly over to uh, Dublin, Ireland. And then we spent another, what, three or four days there. So that was a big trip for us. Enjoyed it very much. Wow. Wow. Well, that sounds like something you should re relive. And, and uh, that does sound like a wonderful trip. Okay. Uh, we are live at Wrigley, and uh, we're getting ready to have a very special guest on my old friend Colin Faulkner, who has risen to great status within the Cubs organization, and uh, he's the reason I'm getting to be in this visitor, the visiting booth uh, for the Cubs, and he's going to join us next. I might even get him. He used to be associated with the Stars and the, and the Rangers. I might get him to weigh in a little bit on this huge breaking Dallas Mavericks news. Again, Rick Carlisle is uh, stepping out, and he will be leaving as the Dallas Mavericks coach. All right, we got Colin Faulkner, the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for the uh, Chicago Cubs and a Baylor graduate on with us next. Rick Carlisle is out as the, as the uh, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks after 13 seasons and an NBA championship in 2011. This follows the dismissal of Robbie Nelson, the Mavs' longtime GM, yesterday. Atlanta, 109 to 106 over Philly, overcoming a 26-point deficit to take a 3-2 lead in the Western Conference semifinal series. The Clippers over Utah, 119 to 111, to take a 3-2 lead in the Eastern uh, Conference uh, semifinals as well. And the Astros hit six home runs last night to beat the Rangers, 8 to 4. And that is your Central Texas sports update. Recently on Game Time. We're joined now by the national champion head coach, Mitch Thompson. Having played in the championship game in 15, we were on the doorstep. In 17, we had a great club, and we've been pretty consistent. I think we've been able to put together a really good program with really good coaches and players every year. And, you know, I'm sitting here staring at the trophy in my office right now, and it's, it's making me smile, but it makes me want to go back and get another one. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. 
Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Summer is here and so is home improvement season. It's time to get those windows replaced. Call Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. Universal Windows Central Colin's Texas. Ready for com. That's Universal Windows Central Texas.com or call 254 301 7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Yeah, I've got a bumper. Universal Windows Direct. It's Al from the Goodfeet Store. If you've been suffering with knee, hip, or back pain, the problem may be right under your nose. Your whole body is supported by your feet. If they're out of alignment, that can cause issues in your knees, hips, and even your back. The Good Feet System helps put your feet in their ideal position. Just stop in. Meet with one of our specialists who will personally fit you with the perfect arch support system. You walk around, try them for free, and then you decide if they work for you before you buy. How great is that? At the Good Feet Store in Waco near Cabela's. Last Chance Bar in Bellmead is under new ownership. This family-owned and operated establishment offers a small-town atmosphere with a rustic down-home feel. Open seven days a week, this hometown sports bar offers a variety of entertainment. Pool tournaments, karaoke every Thursday, live music Saturdays, and ladies' night every Wednesday. Located at 1200 New Dallas Highway in Bellmead, only minutes away from I-35. With the coldest beer in town and some friendly faces, stop into Last Chance Bar for some good old Texas hospitality. Log on to lastchancebartx.com. Matt Mosley show with Stephen Simcox uh, coming to you live from Wrigley Field, the uh, visitors booth, uh, the visiting radio booth, and uh, what a gorgeous view I have right now. They're going to have a hard time getting me out of this place, and the man who's responsible for me having this view today in Chicago is joining me now, Colin Faulkner, who attended Baylor. Colin, if, I don't know if you could kind of hear some of the uh, ads during your, while you were holding there. We, we just did like a Bell Mead and uh, like a bar out there. Does that make you yearn for Central Texas? I mean, Chicago's a great place, but I, I'm no. sure there are days you still yearn for being right back there in Waco, Texas. Man, uh, that took me back. I was listening to that, and it did take me back and made me uh, have some great memories of Waco and uh, in Central Texas. So uh, I need me some barbecue after uh, after listening to some of those. Yeah, you probably tried Uncle Dan's back in the day. I'm sure VTEX. We've got some new ones now. Uh, in fact, Mickna's is where the Fiji's used to. I know you were a Kappa Sig. Uh, we, we don't need to discuss that. But uh, where the no. Fiji's used to have... Uh, 
have the initiation dinner. That's become something called Franklin Barbecue. Franklin's Barbecue. Uh, there's some really good barbecue. Guest Barbecue. Is that Franklin? Anyway, there's a lot of good barbecue yeah. spots there. No, I, uh, there's a guy, there's a fraternity brother of mine who opened a restaurant uh, there called Magnolia Table. I've heard of that one, too. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to get into that. Uh, everybody knows about all that. But, uh, yes, yeah. that, that is a, that is a place there in Waco. I'm talking about the one on Franklin. There's a new barbecue place, and for some reason I'm, I'm, I'm going blank on that one. Hey, uh, Colin is the executive vice president of it's guest family barbecue oh that i did get it right okay it was guest that's what i was thinking about and then there's something out ep there's something out like spiegelville that i like too franklin is in austin but there's something out a spiegelville way yeah it's hellberg barbecue hellberg okay next time in town colin that's, I knew we'd get bogged down immediately, but next time you're in town, you got to go out there. No, and try. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big follower of Aaron Franklin, so I definitely want to check out his place. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we are talking to. I want to get all these titles right, Colin. I mean, I, yeah. the executive vice president of sales and marketing, and chief commercial officer of the Chicago Cubs. I mean, I remember yeah. when you were just a Baylor student. Uh, back in the day, I don't know how we did not get you in Fiji. I'll blame that on Blair Browning. First of all, um, Colin, thank you for this, this amazing setup. I get I got to meet the color analyst for the Cubs, Ron Coomer, who uh, who's a great great guy. So it's like I'm seeing all these uh, living legends just walking around here. Colin, do you do you ever take this for granted, or do you just kind of pinch yourself every day that you're basically in charge of? Uh, uh, a big portion of Wrigley Field, uh, it's got to be almost, it, when you do think about it, it almost has to be a little overwhelming. It, it, it definitely is. I mean, I'm so fortunate, and, and it's um, something that I never take for granted, and it's, it's a tremendous responsibility. I think I think all of us that work here um, are the beneficiaries of, of the folks that have worked, you know, for the past 100 years to make uh, this place so special and, and our fans are really what make, um, the Cubs and Wrigley Field special. So I think all of us feel this tremendous responsibility to deliver on the, on the behalf of this nation full of, you know, Cubs fans that, that grew up watching WGN and, and came Cubs fans because they came home from school and there was a day game on WGN and Harry Carey was telling them that they had to get here. And so we just feel this tremendous honor and this tremendous responsibility uh to deliver for our fans and fortunately in 2016 we were able to do that and we're we're still trying to do that every year now yeah i in fact i think that your picture on your twitter is you holding the uh the trophy there and uh what an amazing moment that was for everybody who suffered through years of being cubs fans it, it's funny uh, red sox had the same experience you get so used to the suffering that you probably don't exactly, when you do finally break through, know uh, how to how to even act. You know, when 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 something incredible happens like that. Okay, so you and I are both looking at Wrigley Field right now. You're in a booth. You're about yep. two booths away from me, which is kind of an yep. odd thing, but that's the way we have to we have to do it. Point to me or or explain to me where Harry Carey, like on those occasions, he would go out into the bleachers and spend a little time with fans. Where exactly was that happening? I see the big Budweiser sign. 
it yeah, doesn't seem he, like he would I have ever. He was, got, yeah. yeah, he was he was usually kind of dead center there. So um, just in okay. below the hand operated scoreboard there, um, in in the middle of those bleachers there amongst the fans, and he would broadcast there. We still. You know, have our guys go out there um, and do games occasionally. They're actually getting set up uh, right to the right of you in the booth where, you know, Harry Carey traditionally broadcast is uh, just a couple booths to your right there um, as you look out to the field. And, you know, the seventh inning stretch is certainly uh, world famous here at, at Wrigley Field and, and all the folks that have, that have come through. But the bleachers are a special place. You know, we're sitting here staring at them. Uh, normally they'd be... They'd be full of people. This last weekend, we were the first weekend we had 100% capacity. So um, people probably saw on Fox and ESPN. We played Saturday on Fox and ESPN on Sunday, and uh, there was a lot of fun being had out there. There's no doubt about that. We sold a couple beers too. So yeah, yeah, you uh, you've been known to make a little money at this ballpark, and you're you're in charge. I'm sure of finding more and more revenue streams and. Uh, uh, Colin Faulkner is the executive vice president of sales and marketing for the Chicago Cubs, also the chief commercial officer. I'm sure, Colin, nobody ever is uh, upset when you change anything around here, right? I bet I was looking at it, and y'all have done it so tastefully. Like even your sponsors, Gallagher Insurance is a huge one right now, Wintrust Mortgage. But I, I'm sure, Colin, uh, you have to get all the right colors because uh, it's that's the thing. How do you keep uh, over a hundred years of tradition, but also, you know, bring in a little ad revenue on top of it. And you've got to thread that needle. That's not an easy needle to thread. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. And I've, I've been here for, this is my 11th season. And when Wrigley field, um, when I got here back in, in late 2010, there's two video boards out in uh, left and right field that you look at didn't exist. Uh, there weren't, there weren't, uh, those, those signs above the video boards. And we have this ivy that covers the wall out in the outfield. Um, and so, you know, it's really important for us to balance, uh, you know, the tradition and the history of Wrigley Field. And what makes it a special place is that we don't have, you know, a NASCAR race going out on the outfield wall with ads everywhere. Um, but yet we still um, want to try to be progressive and, and drive revenue because that obviously goes to our baseball guys to help, you know, sign players and, and make it a better team. Um, and you know, in the last, in the last seven years, we just underwent a billion dollar restoration of Wrigley field and the outside area. So we invested 750 million into the ballpark, uh, and 250 million on the outside with the, you know, hotel and other places we built. And our goal was that when you walked into Wrigley field, like you walked in today, um, that it would feel the same way it felt when your grandfather or your mom or your dad brought you to your first Cubs game. And so, you know, the pitch of the seats and the, and the views of the outfield, those really are the same. And so we've tried to incremental small changes over time. Uh, to your point, uh, generally fans and our fans don't love change. Um, and so we've tried to be really tasteful and thoughtful about that change and then do it kind of slowly over time. Do you know all the words to Go Cubs Go? I, I do. I mean, we sing it every time we win, and that's, okay. that's we've been fortunate to win a couple games here. I'm not going to sing it on the air for you, but, um, okay. you know, there's there's fans that literally just stick around for the stretch. We have fans that will buy tickets in the fifth or sixth inning because they want to see the stretch, and they want to sing Go Cubs Go. So uh, get them here early, keep them late. That's the idea. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. Now, have you uh, you've got a lot of influence around here? Um, has there been any thought about a possibly like bringing a, like a national title winning basketball team to be recognized before a game, or or maybe like a first pitch for uh, Coach Drew? You know, Is that something yeah, we, we could pull we've off? We've talked about we yeah we've talked about that. I've been working on it. Um, in fact, uh, there's a guy who just walked in the booth here. Uh, our our TV play by play guy, John Boog Shambi, who we uh, hired away from ESPN this year. He is, uh, he's friends with Coach Drew. He called a lot of the Baylor uh, basketball games here in the last couple years. He and I ended up going down to um, Indiana for the, Val- uh, for the uh, uh, Villanova game in the Sweet 16. Um, and I've been telling him that we need to get Scott Drew, who's, you know, from not not so far away here in Indiana and Valpo to come up here and uh, throw a first pitch and sing the stretch. So if uh, Coach Drew is listening, uh, we'd love to have him up here, and, and we'd love to love to do that for sure, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, Shambi and Fran Fraschilla, I mean, that's that, that combination, and Shambi, honestly, with anybody, that guy can do anything. So I would say that's a good hire. If I were you, Colin, I would take uh, – I'm just going, kind of going around take, taking credit for that hire. I don't know if you hired him or not, but I, that's a I, uh, I can't I can't take name. credit I can't take credit for that. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Well, I, I would go ahead and do that if I were you in your position. I'm talking to Colin <laughs> Faulkner, uh, the uh, uh, boy. He's he's the executive vice president of sales and marketing, chief commercial officer. Did you get to meet one of those games you were describing the other day, Bill Murray? Was doing the uh, seventh inning stretch and the take me out to the ball game. Uh, did uh, did you get to do you, have you gotten to spend a little time with him at all? I mean, I'm sure you. I, I, I did. Uh, yeah, I did, I did that day people. actually. Yeah. So we had uh, you know Bill was in here. We called it reopening day or opening day 2.0 on Friday. We brought out all of our Hall of Famers to throw out a first pitch. We're you know fortunate to have some pretty. Known fans, um, Eddie Vedder and, and Bill Murray and the like. And so, yeah, we had Bill here. Uh, I got to spend some time with him uh, in the suite. He is uh, a national treasure. He actually grew up uh, in the town that I live in, a uh, little town called Wilmette. So he, uh, we, we talked a little bit about that. He uh, was telling me about how he used to caddy and, and work at the golf course, um, the, the public course in the, in the town where we live. So he's... Uh, He's a legend around here. We were lucky to have him come in for Friday's game, um, and uh, he's he's just literally the best. Yeah, I would say so. And uh, he was connected. Uh, you know, a few years ago, he had uh, I think a son that was uh, doing some college basketball coaching, and and uh, was supportive of him during the NCAA tournament. So it was fun to to see him on TV doing all that. He's just a. Uh, he, you're right. He is a. He is a treasure. Well, now for people that wonder, okay, how do you go? What do you I'm sure you get asked this all the time. How do I do what you become, Colin? How do I become, in fact, I'm asking now, even though I'm in my mid to late 40s, Colin, (laughs) how do I become the executive vice president? Like, what did you, what were your key classes at Baylor? Um, What what were you majoring in, which kind of helped maybe nudge you in this direction? Now, for people that don't know, boy, you had a run with the, the Rangers and the Stars. I remember a lot of your Stars stuff because you and I got to hang out a little bit during that time. And perhaps you, during my old Dallas radio days, you probably, as I recall, were getting me on-the-glass tickets. I might have leaned on you a little too hard 
I, I think you probably all moved out of town just because of that. But uh, <laughs> how 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 did you get to this point? What what was kind of your launching point there at Baylor? You know, when I was at Baylor and they asked, "What do you want your major to be?" I had no idea. Uh, I was a marketing major at Baylor, and at the time, I was interested in the business side of sports. Even though at the time, you know, back in the mid '90s. Uh, Sports business wasn't quite the thing that it is today, and there wasn't a major like they have at Baylor today, which is a great uh, a major they have called sports uh, sponsorship and strategy uh, at Baylor. Uh, and so I, you know, I interned for a uh, hockey team uh, called the Waco Wizards uh, that played yep. uh, at the fairgrounds there that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I interviewed for an internship in the athletic department. And Daryl Lanus, who uh, just recently retired from Baylor, uh, made a terrible decision not to hire me as, a, as an intern. Uh, and I'd like to remind <laughs> him of that occasionally. Um, but, uh, you know, I, the classes that I took, uh, the projects that I did were uh, sports-related. And I worked, in the, I worked in the telecounseling center of Baylor where you called high school kids and tried to get them to uh, come to a visit to Baylor and that was my work-study job. I worked for a guy named Brian C., um, who, who you probably know. And yep. um, when I graduated from Baylor, I sent my resume kind of all over the planet. Uh, and I have a, a pretty nice stack of rejection letters that I keep to this day. Um, but I got a call from uh, what was the Dallas Burn at the time, which is now FC Dallas. They were playing at the mm -hmm. Cotton Bowl. And uh, the guy who called me said, hey, how do you feel about ticket sales? And I thought to myself, sales. I don't love sales, but of course I told him I love sales. Um, and he, he hired me. Uh, he hired me as a as an entry level ticket sales job. Fortunately, my wife, um, my my still and current wife, uh, was my fiance at the time. She had a real job uh, coming out of yeah. Baylor, and so uh, I ended up working for the for the soccer team right out of college. And I loved it. I learned a ton, and that was kind of my my entry in the door and uh they didn't pay me much but um i really enjoyed what i did and that was kind of my launch and obviously ended up going to work for uh tom hicks and the rangers and the stars for a decade and and have been here in in chicago for over a decade so that's the that's kind of the cliff notes version and yeah. the crazy uh the crazy story is today um you know in december the Blackhawks hired my wife as the first female team president of Chicago sports. So my wife is yeah. the uh, is the president of the Blackhawks, and um, and I'm here at the Cubs. And we never would imagine that when we were you know dating at Baylor you know 25 years ago. It's a pretty awesome story, and I actually read about it in the Chicago Trib uh, about your wife and what a great thing that uh, setting an example in professional sports. And boy, we. We think a lot of Jamie, and, and uh, that's awesome. Well, we got to go, sadly, Colin. So uh, I guess you'll escort me out of the ballpark. Thank you for having me at Wrigley today, and uh, we will uh, we will talk to you soon. I really appreciate it. No, it was great catching up with you. I'm glad to have you here, and uh, everybody in Texas will have to get out of the heat and come up and visit uh, the greatest ballpark in the world.